Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Hey, what's up, Pelicans fans? Welcome to the Bird Rights. My name is Preston Ellis, and I'm the host for the new home to all things Pelicans on Nothing But Net Network here on Dash Radio. Follow us at the Bird Rights and get all the latest on your Pelicans at thebirdrights.com. fans welcome to the sacramento kings preview here on the bird calls podcast i'm your host preston ellis and we are talking to the managing editor of espn true hoop network's cowbell kingdom here is leo bias what's up leo what's up brother how you doing dude i'm so good thank you so much for taking the time uh pretty big deal to to get the managing editor on our podcast today uh so thrilled to have you um, and you guys know you can give him a follow at B-E-A-S Leo and follow his team at... I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Cowbell underscore kingdom. Is that right, Leo? Correct, correct. Sweet. Before we get started, are you going to be live tweeting during the game? I will. (laughs) I can't wait for it, too. (laughs) So make sure if you guys want all the inside information on the Kings that you guys follow, at B-E-A-S Leo and at Cowbell underscore Kingdom. Let's go. The Kings are one of three. They're coached by Dave Yeager. And according to Land of Basketball, Sacramento is one of the few teams in the NBA the Pelicans actually have a positive record against, uh, 28 to 23 lifetime advantage. However, the Pels lost two of three last year, uh, the one win being you know, DeMarcus's big revenge match in New Orleans, 117 to 89. However, the the Kings look very different from the team uh, we saw last year, don't they, Leo? Very different. They have nine new players, a bunch of young players. They drafted, they, they have, they, they drafted three rookies this year and they brought over a rookie from Europe and Bogdan Bogdanovich. So four total. It's, it's a very young team, but the fans here in Sacramento are static, and they just they just can't wait for for every game for De'Aaron Fox to continue to to develop and 
in the first four games, D Fox has been pleasant to watch. That's awesome, man. Uh, a lot of young guys, a lot of draft picks. You guys have, have built this roster from the ground up, and now you've joined them with uh, Vince Carter, George Hill, and Zach Randolph. What has the culture been like, and were you surprised that you brought all these, I don't want to say, like, older veterans, but these guys are all well into their 30s? Yeah, I wasn't surprised because Dave Yeager uh, believes in in his young players that they have to earn – the keys to the kingdom. He's not just going to give them out like the Suns did with Marquise Chris Lester, right? They had a super young team and they were just giving all these minutes out to all these young players. Dave Yeager doesn't believe in that philosophy. So all of these younger players, they have to win their spot. So for a guy like Scal, he, he has to outperform a veteran like Zach Randolph. And in the first four games, he has. So things like that and George Hill, De'Aaron Fox, those two will probably be in the starting lineup on Thursday. I'm, I'm, I just don't see how coach continues to bring Fox off the bench. The team has gotten in, in early holes about three out of the four games, and De'Aaron Fox has literally saved them each and every time. And last night it was too late. I, I think they were trailing 32-10 to 10 at one point uh, to the Suns. I lost by 40 points twice. So that's not a good start. They have to definitely shake up the starting lineup. And I do believe that De'Aaron Fox will be implemented into that lineup come Thursday. And that'll fit in well with what the Pelicans have been doing because you guys have been falling into early holes. The Pelicans have been getting out to hot early leads and then falling uh, apart in the second, third, and fourth quarter. So our style should uh, mesh perfectly on Thursday night. Uh, Let's talk a bit uh, more about your games. Uh, Four games into the season, a one and three record thus far. They lost their home opener to Houston 100-105, then defeated Dallas in Dallas 93-88. to Lost in Denver, 79-96, and you were just talking about the Suns' loss. Uh, and this was, I believe, just hours probably after the Earl Watson firing and the, the series of Eric Bledsoe uh, tweets. Talk a bit about the performance and uh, about where it stacks up against what your expectations were in these first four games. Well, the first game was, was very fun to watch. It was the home opener. They gave it their all. Darren Fox showed up, and the Houston Rockets were like, who is this kid? He's so fast, and he really changed the complexion of the game. And he really, you know, set the tone for the team off the bench. And that game, the Rockets uh, got a very controversial call, which then the NBA the next day came out and said that they made a huge mistake in awarding the Rockets uh, two two free throws. Uh, it was off of... Eric, uh, they're uh, shooting. Uh, Eric Gordon, um, George Hill deflected it off his his wrist, and it should have been King's ball. They were down by three, and they ended up losing one by five points, I believe. But that was a huge swing in that game. I think there was about 20 seconds left, and so yeah, so that controversial call didn't help, and the team was upset after the game. But then they rebounded nicely in in Dallas, just like. All of us thought they were, and uh, Dennis was going to play that game. We have a thing right right now in Sacramento that we feel like every rookie point guard, uh, they're avoiding De'Aaron Fox, and it just it's happened that way. Lonzo Ball has you know been hurt in quotations three times now in summer league in preseason. Um, Dennis Smith didn't play, but he played the next game. It just feels like a lot of these guys are trying to avoid the Fox as. Sounds like to sit here and sack. I don't think that's true, but 
De'Aaron Fox is a hell of a player, and he puts a lot of pressure on on opposing defenses every time they face him, and every time they're going to face him, and he's only going to get better. Right now, they're giving him that that open uh, mid range jump shot, and he has to continue to to take that. And uh, luckily for the Kings, he's had the confidence in taking that shot. So as he continues to to develop, if that shot begins to fall at a consistent rate, I, I think he's going to be unstoppable, man. Nice. It's it's nice to see that you guys are so high on your rookie your rookie already five games in. Talk a bit more about De'Aaron Fox. You've got a roster full of these guys like Scalabissier and Garrett Temple and Buddy Heald, all these young guards. Um, are you already like seeing his potential? You know what? Go ahead and compare him to an NBA player that you see and you're like, oh, I hope he grows into this guy pretty soon. Cool. I I think the most obvious is John Wall. Um, you know, I think the most impressive part of De'Aaron Fox, believe it or not, is, is just his, his on-ball defense. Garrett Temple today at practice was talking about how he's already the best defender um, on the team, and Garrett Temple is a lockdown defender. He said that that De'Aaron Fox is by far the best on-ball defender, and off the ball, he's only going to get better with experience. I mean, he's just so fast, and he just applies pressure 94 feet. And The guys that are guarded by this guy, they're just like, man, this guy just doesn't stop running, and he comes in with so much energy. It's just really fun to watch, man, and I just can't wait to to continue to watch him develop. He is a a class act, a true professional, a leader, a vocal leader out there, and – it just feels like he's not a rookie. I mean, he's 19 years old. Um, he's really impressing a lot of people last night. Uh, Bogdan, he's a 25-year-old rookie, right? He's been playing professionally for about four years um, in Europe at a high level. Last night, again, in the first half, he did not uh, – you cannot tell me that this guy was a rookie because he's been playing professionally. He scored 12 points in the first half. He's coming off an ankle injury. In the second half, he did run out of gas, but – I anticipate Bogdan to be in, in the starting lineup soon, man. I, I feel like uh, the more games he, he, he gets under his belt and the more confidence Dave develops in him, I think he's your starting three. Nice, dude. Happy for you guys. Let's move on to the rest of your roster. According to NBA.com slash stats, uh, we talked about Scal a little bit earlier. He leads the Kings in plus minus right now, and seven of your players are in double figures per game thus far, including Willie Cauley-Stein, Vince Carter, George Hill, Garrett Temple, uh, Fox, as we mentioned, Buddy Heald, and Bogdanovich, although I think Bogdanovich only played one game thus far. It looks like the Kings are, are sharing the basketball pretty well with each of these guys, averaging somewhere between like 10 and 14 points per game. Uh, is that what you're seeing too, Leo? Correct. The Kings don't have a go-to DeMarcus Cousins anymore. They have to find that guy, and, and that guy, I believe, might be Buddy Heald, but Buddy is so – he's such a streak shooter that when he's off, he's off, and when he's on, he's on, right? I'm sure you guys saw flashes of that last year in his first 30 some games as a rookie for the Pelicans. Um, but, you know, they they do have Zebo. Zebo has been awful the past two games. Uh, he's a 36-year-old veteran, and the, the – in the past two games, Scal have outplayed him. Um, I I truly believe that Scal and De'Aaron Fox are the two cornerstones and, and the future of this team. I believe both will be all-stars. For Scal, it's a matter of just putting on weight. Right now, he's so skilled. He has the outside jump shot. He has the inside jump shot. He'll give you the left hook, the right hook. 
he'll give you the the Dirk Nowitzki uh, turnaround jump shot. Just you you cannot block his shot because his arc is so high and he jumps so high that if you do attempt to block the shot, it's a foul every time. And he's playing with so much confidence. The only thing is on on the defensive end, he gets pushed around because he's so skinny. Um, but the weight will come on with with experience and with age, right? Uh, and as far as Willie Cauley-Stein, the Kings drafted him to be a defensive anchor, and he hasn't been that. He was super inconsistent his first two seasons, one, because the market was there, so the playing time wasn't as consistent. And then this year, uh, we expected him to be a lot better defensively, but he's been awful defensively. But he's been very, very good on the offensive end, so that's quite a surprise right there. His first game, he had 21 points, 10 rebounds, but he's been really bad. And and pick and roll defense. I know he's below average right now, ranking a, a 29% percentile on synergy sports, and he ranks 90th on offense as far as his uh, his overall offense. He's been very good uh, from the mid range, and so it, it's just a, a complete surprise for for all of us, really, on behalf of Willie Cauley Stein. Nice, uh, good info there uh, about Zach Randolph not playing well, Scal being uh, a smaller guy, and uh, Willie Collie Stein. You know, uh, we all thought of him as a as a lockdown defender, uh, like a DeAndre Jordan type. So that's mm-hmm. that's really interesting to hear. And Scal Labissier, just to go off topic for a second, he's a guy I've always been interested in because I, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but he and Czech Diallo are actually close friends. Uh, when they were preparing for the draft, I think. I want to say they met at some kind of uh, like high school senior year, like Nike hoop summit, something like that. And they got each other's numbers and leading up to the draft, they were uh, texting each other every day, like talking about what they were working at, at the gym. And when Pelicans see check Diallo, you can see a lot of the same uh, movements and skills and uh, games that Scal uses, albeit they are very different players with very different styles, but a lot of the same footwork, a lot of the same tendencies. So it's really cool to see those, those two buddies develop and we're watching uh check develop right now. Uh, but let's, Let's move on to to the Kings again, 28th in points per game, 29th in pace, 11th in opponents' points per game. It seems like, even though you mentioned Willie Cauley-Stein being more proficient offensively this year, it seems like you guys are playing a slower, grinded-out basketball. This is all according to basketball reference. Are are George Hill, Vince Carter, and Zach Randolph helping to turn the Kings into a a, a Western Coast version of the Memphis Grizzlies? (laughs) Yeah, for... uh... It sure seemed like it in these first four games, but Coach Hager, before before the the season started, he he talked about playing very fast because he has lots of uh, young players and De'Aaron Fox at the point who was extremely quick. Um, I know that when De'Aaron Fox goes into the game, the pace picks up, and when Zebo's in the game, it slows down, and that's when they get into a hole when they play slow. That only worked against Dallas down the stretch when when the game got tight. You fed Sebo in the post, and he was he was very proficient. Um, he got all the calls, and and he missed a couple free throws, but he was hitting his his inside hooks like he's been his entire career. So I feel like that only works down the stretch, and the team has to speed up the pace and play to their strengths. Their strengths is playing fast. And as you said, they've been playing slow, which is why they're one and three. Uh, I want to bring up Justin Jackson quickly because we haven't really heard uh, you touch on him a lot yet. How much has he been playing and how has he looked thus far? Uh, he's been playing about 15, 20 minutes a night uh, as a starter. 
he's looking solid. Uh, he's he's not going to wow you. He's never going to wow you. But he's more of that prototypical Spurs player, that that good system player, has a high basketball IQ. He does things well, and that's all you can ask for at six eight. I think he's about 190 pounds or 210 pounds right now. Um, he definitely needs to put on some weight uh, to to compete against these other really good small forwards. He hasn't really faced anyone that good yet, but he will. You know, the LeBron James coming around, Kevin Durant of the world. And once that happens, um, he's going to look a lot you know, worse. But right now, he's been steady. Um, he hasn't killed you as far as making mistakes. He's uh, hit a couple of his open three-point shots, which is all you can ask for. And solid uh, defense. Solid. He, he's a very good communicator on defense. He moves well without the ball. So those things are the things that stand out the most about him. But the reason why he's starting, I, I feel like, is because Garrett Temple should be the starter at that position. But some teams are so deep that when they bring in their, their second unit, for the exact same reason, Coach likes to, to depend on, on Garrett. And Garrett plays about 30 minutes a night anyway. So Garrett plays most most of the minutes, but it just happens that Justin starts the ball. Coach likes the lineup of De'Aaron Fox and Temple, and they really bring and intensify their defense in that second uh, unit. So he likes Fox and, and Temple together, and I think he's going to keep it that way, either on the bench or as starters. I'm glad that you brought up minutes because uh, I'm just looking at uh, the box score of the Suns game. And it turns out that all five of your starters, Willie Cauley-Stein, George Hill, Justin Jackson, Buddy Heald, and Zach Randolph, actually played fewer minutes than the guys coming off the bench, De'Aaron Fox, Gallup, Isier, uh, Bogdanovich, Garrett Temple, and Costa Kufos. Talk a bit about your lineups and your rotations and why the bench is getting such heavy minutes over your starters they've been playing better again uh the kings get into early holes and that's just not a good thing in this league you have to start fast uh, i believe the first quarter and the third are the most important and that's where games are either won or lost and the kings are one and three for a reason they've been in holes uh in three of those games actually they've been in holes in all four of the in all four of those games and dallas dallas is so depleted that they ended up winning that game in Dallas. But the Kings can't continue to get in these holes. Yesterday, for example, they were in such a big deficit against Phoenix. They, I think they were down like by 27 points in, in, in that first quarter. And after that, they won the, the second, third, and fourth quarter. But, you know, it wasn't enough uh, to quantify for that, for that big deficit in that first quarter. So, again, expect De'Aaron Fox to be in, in that starting lineup. Maybe Garrett Temple, shake it up a little bit. Um, I would definitely start Scal over Zebo. I think Zebo would be better suited coming off the bench. Last year, he averaged 14 and 10 coming off the bench, so I don't see how that should be much of a, a, of a change for him since he is used to playing in that type of role. Uh, before we move on, I just want to touch on Costa Kufos. Um, he's probably your most dangerous offensive rebounder. Um, just in minute, uh, limited time, I think 21 minutes the other night, uh, seven and nine, six of those coming on the offensive end. How active is he? And uh, I guess just how good is he uh, now at this age? He obviously played a long time in Orlando and now Washington and Sacramento. Uh, is he still a heavy contributor with you guys? And what should we expect from him on Thursday? Costa Kufas will be guarding DeMarcus Cousins a lot. Most definitely. Um, I know Willie and Scout are a bit skinny still. They won't be able to to contain him. Um, 
the thing is the Pelicans have two twin towers, right? So both Anthony Davis and, and DeMarcus Cousins will have a huge advantage. I think they're going to chew up the front court uh, of the Kings, but the Kings have the advantage with their fast wings and guards. So it's, it's a matter of who gets off to a better start and ultimately who makes less turnovers. I truly believe that's what's going that's what it's going to come come down to come Thursday on national television. Talk a little bit a bit more about that. You've got all these young, like kind of speed guys. Uh, we were talking about De'Aaron Fox and Scal being very skilled. Uh, the Pelicans are a bit slower. They play a faster pace, but with DeMarcus Cousins, Anthony Davis, Dante Cunningham at the three, Etwan Moore is a, a try-hard type guy, but, you know, picking him around screen, uh, screens and on pick and roll, he can get caught behind. Uh, Drew Holiday's a great on-ball defender, but same thing, you know, chasing around screens. Is, is that what we're going to see a lot of from uh, the Sacramento Kings? or what kind of offense are you guys going to employ on Thursday? Well, Dave Yeager plays as a high post offense where he, he, again, he slows up the offense when they're in the half court. And and the reason being is, again, he hasn't started De'Aaron Fox. And when De'Aaron Fox comes into the game, they're in transition because he just goes, right? So right now with Hill starting and, and, and Zebo starting, you have to slow up that pace and play through the mistakes that Willie will commit on offense. I feel like Willie needs to concentrate again and being that DeAndre Jordan type player, um, getting those offensive rebounds, being a good defensive rebounder, playing very good defense. And he just hasn't done that. I just feel like because the team is so young, they're going through an identity crisis where you don't know what your role is yet because this team it's just not that good yet, for one. And they're so young that a lot of these young guys think they're the guy, right? So that's something that Dave will have to deal with, I think, for most of the season, um, unless unless they start winning games. And I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but Thursday night, the return of DeMarcus Cousins, I'm sure all the guys will be hyped up to play. And just like the home opener, when you play uh, these type of teams, you tend to wake up for them. So... I anticipate a very competitive game that will ultimately come down to the last two minutes of the game, and whoever makes less mistakes will win the game. As far as, like, athleticism and size go, Willie Cauley-Stein seems like the guy that would be paired against Anthony Davis. Uh, is that what you think they're going to do, or would you expect right. a – okay, great. And as whoever has been on Dante Cunningham thus far, uh, so far in the Pelican season – Dante Cunningham is kind of the guy who just sits in the corner and waits for the spot up three. And while he had a good average last year, for the most part, you know, he's a guy that uh, defenders will sag off of. Uh, in this case, I would assume that would either be Buddy Heald or Justin Jackson. Who is your help defender? Who's going to come over and help out in double teams whenever DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis get into the paint? It just, uh, it, it just depends on, on, who's, on who's on the floor. So, Buddy Hill, believe it or not, he's he struggled with with his shot early on in the season, but his defense has been magnificent. Uh, yesterday, on Devin Booker and whoever he was guarding, he was playing lockdown defense. His jump shot wasn't falling in, but his his defense led to like three layups yesterday, and that really got him going. So that's one of his big, you know, uh, big uh, critiques that he's, he's very soft on defense. And this year, um, he got a little bit faster. And his 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 dribble, his dribble penetration has gotten better. 
his vision has gotten better and his defense has, has improved. So we'll see if, if, if he's the one that actually, you know, like you said, helps off um, and, and sags off a little bit, um, which I think he will be. But I do anticipate Bogdan to be um, playing a lot more. Uh, and he has a seven-foot wingspan. So yesterday he came out with like three steals, I believe, not two. Um, and they both let uh, the runaway layups. I, I just feel like you just have to sag off all these guys. And just every time DeMarcus and Anthony Davis touches the ball, you have to double-team these guys and just live with the result of other guys beating you, man. I just don't see how the Kings will beat them um, if they don't sag off all these other guys. Now, uh, the Kings fans can expect that Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins are going to put up somewhere between 40 and 70 points on Thursday. But you don't necessarily know where the help is going to come from. And as far as Pelicans fans with the Kings, like, you know, we know a lot of these guys are going to be around like 8 to 15 points, but we don't know who's really going to hurt us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why don't you tell tell us a bit about who you think like the MVP would be of this game or the guy that we just don't expect to kill us. Yeah. You don't expect to kill us. Um, that's a tough one. Uh, maybe like a Vince Carter. I, I just feel like your wings are not that good. Like your, your, your guard play is not that good right now. Uh, maybe it'll get better, but maybe a guy like Vince Carter off the bench, uh, can can be a spark and give you about three threes in that game, and those nine points might make might be the difference down the stretch, right? Uh, that might be a dark horse, but I feel like De'Aaron Fox and uh, I just feel like De'Aaron Fox is going to eat on, on Thursday, and there's there's nobody on that team that can stay in front of him, so he's going to give you guys a lot of problems all game long. I was going to say Drew Holiday has has a lot of difficulty with. Uh you know, Mike Conley and With John speed. Wall, these, yeah. these quicker, uh, speedy point he guards. Does. But also uh, uh, a lot of Pelicans guys are are afraid of Garrett Temple, and rightly so. Uh, these wing guys who have the, the deaf shooting touch, uh, it's going to be difficult for us to, to get out, especially on transition. The Pelicans have not been good in transition this year. Let's see. Uh, Pretty much the only question I've gotten on Twitter so far, and this is something I wanted to close with anyway. It's been about eight months. Uh, you guys, you know, you you got a pick from us. Uh, and I think it ended up in Justin Jackson for the DeMarcus Cousins trade. You've got Buddy Heald. This is the first time DeMarcus Cousins has come into Sacramento. Last year when I talked to Rafi Wong um, of a Royal Pain, he basically said that the fans love him. He's great in the community. You know, obviously he had the technical fouls and the, the locker room stuff and the shouting matches with other players and coaches. But it's been eight months now. Where do the fans stand at this point in time with DeMarcus Cousins coming back into Sacramento? DeMarcus will have his big DeMarcus fans and uh, make no mistake about it. But for the most part, fans have moved on. And when I see things like, oh, DeMarcus Cousins got a, a technical foul, uh, was that on opening night for, for you? It guys? was. And it was interesting because obviously he was at fault and he apologized. But there was a woman in the front row provoking him. And uh, our editor actually like took the time to watch the video again and again until he could write out exactly what she said. And it was a lot of just. Mm-hmm cruel, unnecessary explanation. She was obviously trying to elicit a reaction out of him. And I remember last season, early on in his career with the Pelicans, 
there was this guy who recorded himself yelling like, hey, fat boy, fat boy, fat boy, mm-hmm. until he got a reaction out of DeMarcus Cousins. And while, you know, you do want to point the finger at DeMarcus and say, like, hey, man, you got to be better than this. At the same time, where is security, man? Where is somebody to come over and tell these fans to sit the heck down? Um, so obviously, mm-hmm. like, it's something that he has to keep in check. But, man, if we could get uh, some help from those guys in suits with the earpieces, uh, we'd really appreciate it. But uh, continue with what you were saying, Leo. Yeah, I, well, with, with DeMarcus, I just feel like covering him, you know, uh, five five out of the seven years, his his biggest issue is, again, arguing with the refs. Um, a lot of fans don't see how much he does it until you're actually at the game. And it's, it's literally after every timeout, he's going to be, you know, in the ref's face and just giving it to him in terms of him not being happy. And I just feel like that just from that negative, uh, uh, all those negative vibes, they really do rub off on your teammates. And when you don't get back on defense and you're playing four on five because you're arguing the call, then that just, that just hurts uh, your rep and, and your credibility. So I know uh, he, he had his running with, with the media. I, I saw so many things. I lived it firsthand, right? Uh, he was in my face uh, against the Rockets uh, on the court. So we had our issues, you know, him being mad about us running the story, about how technical fouls hurt the team. I mean, that's just logical, right? Technical fouls hurt the team, and they hurt you, and they get you out the game and those type of things. So I just feel like that is who he is. It's a personality trait that he's just never going to change. Uh, you're you're going to get 28 and 10 every night but you're also going to get those moments of frustration from him. And that's just who he is, just like Draymond Green. They wear their emotions on, on their sleeve. And, you know, if you can combat that and just accept it for what it is, then, yeah, you'll be fine. And as long as he's not your number one option, uh, I think you'll be fine as well. He, he's definitely uh, number two or three on a very good team. I don't think he's that, that number one option that's going to lead a team uh, to the playoffs and, it was proven he, uh, seven years, right? He we never got past thirty-three victories. So we'll see how it goes, man. I just I, I said this: he's our problem now, not not the Kings. And as a member of the media, it's 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 relieving not not having them there because every time they lost, it was just negative vibes all the way around. And now, you know, you have such a young team and so many guys with with such positive attitudes that you know that rubs off well and that makes your job that much easier. Well, man, I'm sorry to hear that you guys had that experience with him. And last year after the (laughs) all-star break, I I was killing him too because we saw a lot of that, you know, like trotting up the core and then the poor fouls, the frustration fouls, the turnovers. But I got to be honest, man, while he does get frustrated in these early games, I have seen a night and day difference just as far as attitude. I don't know if he's just suppressing it early on in the season and he's going to let himself go if we go on a losing streak. But thus far, just having like Anthony Davis and Rajon Rondo in his corner, he hasn't gotten into foul trouble. We haven't seen as many of the, the mood swings, the temper tantrums, anything like that. He's been held much more in check. Uh, he's come out every game uh, playing extremely hard, dishing out the ball, doesn't seem like a selfish player. And, you know, he still takes those uh, those those barrels into he's the lane. He's not a selfish player. He's not. Yeah. 
No, uh, but he's he still does some of those frustrating things, like you know, trying to dribble between yeah. his legs, taking it from the top of the key, trying to one on one his defender all the way to the glass. Sometimes it works, more often than not, it doesn't. But man, just as far as attitude goes, thus far in the season, it it feels so far like he's he's starting to turn the corner. But obviously, that'll that'll come with wins, and if we lose, I'm sure. Um, anyway, thus far in the like season, that every year, you know, until yeah. the losses start to pile up, and then. Oh, there he is again. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully we'll get a couple and, uh, of wins. That's why, yeah. and, and, and that's why Draymond Green doesn't have that bad of a rep because their team is Wayne, but they're the exact same player. They're both super disrespectful. And I just, I, I always ask myself, what if I was a referee and I had this big old dude in my face constantly cursing me out and just making me feel like, like utter garbage? Like, that's just not cool, man. And that's such a bad look. It's it's such a bad look for all of our young generation looking at that guy and looking looking up to him as a role model. Uh, one thing of him, yeah, he's he's very generous. He does great things in the community, but that doesn't justify what he does on the court. And that's always been the big issue here in Sacramento. Man, I'm sorry to hear that, and I hope he turns around for us. Maybe it's just a matter of uh, getting a couple W's on the board. Hopefully, but, uh, man. Hopefully. <laughs> Leo, before I let you go, give us a prediction for Thursday night. My brain says that the Pelicans will win 107 to 105. My heart says that the Kings will win uh, 95 to 92. Hey, man, all you have is your heart. What else should you follow? Uh, I do the same thing. Uh, before opening night, we were playing the Grizzlies, and our uh, our editor, Ali Kosnell, was uh, being very honest, very truthful, with, uh, I guess very calm and steady. And I was like – F that man. We're super fans. We can we can pick whatever score we want. I can say the the Pelicans are going to go eighty two and zero if I want to. Uh, there's nothing yeah. right on it. But uh, thank you so much for your time, Leo BS of ESPN True Hoops Network, Cowbell Kingdom. He is the managing editor for this site. Again, he will be live tweeting. So follow him at B E A S Leo and also at Cowbell underscore Kingdom. Uh, as I just said, he will be live tweeting. Leo, thank you so much for your time. Uh, plug your website and give us some information on some stuff that will help Pelicans fans learn a lot about the Kings that they can check out before this game on Thursday. Absolutely. Uh, all Pelicans fans can can uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. On our YouTube channel, we actually cover the entire NBA. We provide analysis, highlights almost every game, uh, NBA vloggers, uh, which not many people are doing. So we pretty much give you a behind-the-scenes look on what it's like to be a member of the media. Uh, we've done a couple of those already this season, and uh, as we travel to, to other to other cities and stuff, we'll be showing that uh, that exclusive content that not many people are doing right now. And as far as the website, it's all Kings content, but YouTube, um, uh, our podcast, it's usually a Kings, you know, 60% and NBA 40%. So it's it's pretty split, and as we grow, it's going to continue to be NBA. Um, but yeah, you, you guys can subscribe to our YouTube channel, Cowbell Kingdom uh, TV, and uh, follow us on all social media platforms at Cowbell underscore Kingdom. You're the man, Leo, and uh, I'll reach out to you again the next time we match up. I haven't checked offhand when that will be, but I'm assuming it'll be sometime in the December, January area, and Absolutely. we will talk to you again then, man. Thank you so much for your time, my man.
Thanks for listening to The Bird Rights on Nothing But Net Network here on Dash Radio. Now, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching The Bird Rights NBA Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at The Bird Rights for all the latest and best coverage on your pals. And if you really like the show and you want to show us even more love, give us a rating and review on iTunes. Your help has gotten us to more than 35,000 downloads at this point. A feature on Blog Talk Radio on the main page and a spot here on Dash Radio's new basketball concentrated network. And as always, if you have any questions, direct them to at Preston Ellis and we'll answer them by the next show. Let's go, pals! Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Geico presents Yikes! Another voicemail from your roommate. Sup, roomie? Hey, a pipe burst in the basement. It's completely flooded. Anyway, I called for someone to fix it, but in the meantime, I was thinking we could finally have that indoor pool party we've always wanted. I got some cool swan floaty things already going. Could you pick up some chips on your way home? Later. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected. Like if your roommate isn't the brightest pool float in the flooded basement. Visit GEICO.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. All state vehicle and property insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.